0: back this is they reminisce over you i'm miguel
1: and i'm christina and today we're going to be talking about the kang of r&b according to whitney houston and others as well you ready to get started
0: i'm ready let's get into it okay okay so we are talking about robert beresford brown if (laughs) the the kang intro didn't give you any clues what we're talking about bobby brown is our topic this week Uh, We're going to start with young Bobby, his background, where he comes from and how he became the catalyst for new edition forming. So I read this in his biography, just the troublemaker that he was (laughs) as a child. Uh, He didn't get into any you need to be arrested type trouble, but he was just a rambunctious kid, like the kid that's always throwing punches at people on the playground. I can see that. Just running all over the place, playing basketball, riding bikes, typical roughhousing type kid. His sister was a judge at a talent show. She decided that, you know what, my little brother needs to be in this. So they put him in this white pimp outfit (laughs) and gave him a perm. Oh, man. And he got on stage and was going to sing a Jackson song. And He said he's like nine, ten years old or whatever. And he starts singing. And girls in the crowd started screaming and he freaked out and got scared. So he ran off stage and just sat in his sister's lap. (laughs) So he's like, imagine this little kid dressed as a pimp (laughs) sitting on his big sister's lap because he's scared to go back out on stage
1: because some girls were screaming
0: because they were screaming positively. It's not like they were booing. Right. But he said he vowed to come back the next week and win the crowd over. And that was the beginning of the, Bobby Brown, we know and love. Okay. Right there.
1: Well, he definitely learned how to work the stage. He did.
0: And he just kept going back and basically being part of these random different talent shows. He even had a group with his sister and four other girls called Bobby's (laughs) Angels while he was growing up before New Edition and losing... In a competition, uh, he met Maurice Starr, who put New Edition together. It was like, hey, man, you find some backup singers, I can make a record with you. So that's when he recruited his buddy Mike Mm Bivens. And he's like, hey, Ralph and Ricky have a group. Why don't we invite them over? There's your formation of New Edition.
1: So I actually didn't know New Edition as a group until after I came to know pretty much each of them as solo artists. Um, I definitely knew Bobby Brown during uh, his second album when he did, uh, you know, My Prerogative, Don't Be Cruel, all that stuff, even though that album came out the same time as New Edition's album with a new member, Johnny Gill. But... I don't remember exactly when I heard If It Isn't Love, but that was definitely the song where I was like, wait a minute, that's Belle Biv DeVoe, that's Ralph Tresman, that's Johnny Gill. So I just remember like my mind being blown like, hey, these guys were all in a group before, what <laughs> happened? <laughs> and not only that, just finding out that um New Kids on the Block was modeled after them um right. was also mind-blowing surprisingly at that age you would have thought that i would have listened to new kids on the block too but i didn't like i was familiar with their music but i wasn't really a fan so um it wasn't until we watched their biopic um that i decided to kind of just go back and listen to some new kids song just for fun and i was shocked to hear (laughs) how please don't go girl sounds exactly (laughs) like is this the end (laughs) like i was like okay i know that they were modeled after them but i didn't realize that like marie Starr was literally trying to make them New Edition. Yeah. He, like, shocking. I mean, later on, their music got to be a little more pop. But that first album, and especially that song, Please Don't Go Girl, like, that is New Edition right there.
0: <laughs> yeah, his whole goal with that was to get back at New Edition for firing him and trying to come up with something bigger and better. Right. I just think it's wild that you didn't get to hear it. Any of their first four albums (laughs) (laughs) until after they had broken up and done like solo and BBD stuff. It's wild to even (laughs) think about going in that direction and learning about new edition rather than the way that I learned it. Right. They, as I said, started as a group that Bobby was trying to put together to be his backup group to further his career. And the four of them were already friends. Mm -hmm. They had their separate things going on, came together. Uh, They were losing a couple competitions. It's like, you know what? We need to learn how to dance. That's when they reached out to Brooke Payne. And he's like, Mm -hmm. you know what? I'm putting my nephew in the group. And there we have it. It's the the origins of (laughs) New Edition.
1: So Ronnie was brought in as a dancer, basically? (laughs) <laughs> pretty much. Okay.
0: Uh, he was brought in because his uncle said that the dance steps that he was choreographing looks better with five and not four. Okay. And that was his original role was to kind of make it a five piece group rather yeah. than four piece. And there you go. They Ronnie, are, Bobby,
1: Ricky, Mike. <laughs> they and wait, Ralph okay. and, and Johnny, Ralph. too, as they <laughs> said Johnny on the
0: <laughs> Word to the Mother remix. So th- they're off and running at this point. First album. They sound like really young. Like Bobby's voice isn't even recognizable on that first album. Like I'm listening to it the other day Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure out which one is Bobby. (laughs) Like I had to watch the videos in order to pick out which voice was his because Ralph's his is obvious. Yeah. But the rest of them is like, is that Ricky? Is that Bobby? (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) I never even knew that Bobby was singing solo on Jealous Girl.
1: Okay. That's all him.
0: So that was his time to shine and he took full advantage of it. (laughs) Anybody who's listening, I suggest that if you're a New Edition fan, Bobby Brown fan, go back and look at those old videos (laughs) because he's given it all he has (laughs) in some of these performances.
1: So I guess in New Edition, it was mostly Ralph and Bobby singing lead, right?
0: Uh, it It was mostly Ralph, but then Bobby and Ricky would get their moments too Okay But Ralph was the lead guy There were times Like I said He got his solo shot On Jealous Girl mm-hmm. And other songs Him and Ricky Would jump in And do their parts But Mr. Telephone Man
1: mm-hmm. On the second
0: album Is where Bobby Really started to shine Okay his voice had changed. Yes. And he basically carried that song.
1: It's interesting that Ralph ended up being sort of the main lead, considering the group was put together based on Bobby. And
0: that's why he basically started <laughs> yes. acting out. Yeah, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I, I put mean, this together.
1: This is me. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, Ralph is like, nah.
0: But yeah, that was the genesis of him starting to act out because he's like, why are my vocals being cut? Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who put all this together. Exactly. Just reading in his book again, he says, admittedly, he's not the best singer. He's not the best dancer, <laughs> but he's the hardest worker. He's like, nobody's going to outwork me. And apparently there were songs that he was supposed to lead on more. But the record label was like, no, nah, we need more of that Ralph Tresman over there.
1: Mm-hmm. Were they trying to do like... The young Michael Jackson yeah. vibe against Yeah, him.
0: and that was Bobby's plan, too. When mm-hmm. he first started the group, he was like, Ralph sounds like a young Mike. And everybody wanted to be like Mike, but it backfired on him. Yeah. When they're like, yeah, we're going to have this guy be the lead. But like you tell a 14, 15-year-old kid that you're not the lead anymore, and they started to act out, especially when you got <laughs> Bobby Brown in you.
1: <laughs> yes, he already has the uh, acting out gene. <laughs> yes. So he gets kicked out, what, in 1985? Yeah. So he was what, about 16 at the time?
0: Yep, he was 16. He's actually on that last album, but they're like, you know what? You got (laughs) to go. According to the guys in the group, it was management that forced him out. And he's like, whatever, I'm leaving. Because their management offered him a solo deal anyways. It's like, "Eh, this is what I want. So that's when he went on to make the King of Stage album, which didn't do very well.
1: Yeah, I had actually never heard this album until earlier this week okay like to me there was (laughs) no bobby brown before don't be cruel (laughs) um but i was like you know for research purposes i should listen to it oh it was a struggle
0: yeah it's not very good Uh, yeah the only song that was even a hit was girlfriend
1: it sounds like he was trying to figure out what his sound was going to be I don't even remember it now. <laughs> I'm ready to put it out of my mind. But I think it, if my memory serves me correctly, it sounded like he was trying to keep with that old new edition sound. Yeah. But it just didn't work for him solo. Yeah,
0: it was a struggle to listen to. And even after he left, it's not like they were blowing things out of the water either. Their music kind of struggled yeah. for a little bit. Uh, they had small hits here and there, but nothing major. Mm-hmm. So that's when he moves on to do the Don't Be Cruel album. And that's the one that took Bobby out of here.
1: That is the one that made me a fan, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) since I knew him before New Edition. Right. What was the first single? My Prerogative?
0: No, that was the second. It was Don't Be Cruel.
1: This one is like that quintessential sound, the new Jack Swing sound. Right. So this is a song that I say would define music at that time because like when i think about don't be cruel and my prerogative this makes me think about how hard we used to dance back in the day (laughs) and like you can't listen to it without moving (laughs) (laughs) and i was watching the video for my prerogative and the funny thing is it's literally the same video um for father mcs i'll do for you (laughs) like the exact same video i think my prerogative came out first uh yes yeah, it's just funny because I was re watching the video and I was like, Yep, this reminds me of Father MC with the girls with the guitars and the, the <laughs> yep. black dresses and they dancing with their rayon suits and hard bottoms. <laughs> right. But that is also um one of the familiar patterns and tropes of music videos at that time too. You know, we love the good guitar at the time. <laughs> Does anyone even know how to play a guitar?
0: Well, if you play <laughs> keyboards, you know how to play a guitar. but not the
1: the ones in the videos, it's usually a, a pretty girl. That's true. <laughs> yeah, just all that dancing around with shoulder pads and hard bottoms. Is always, <laughs> it's always funny. Yeah,
0: I was just going to say that it's funny that this album basically kicks off the New Jack Swing movement that Teddy Riley was pushing. And mm-hmm. Teddy only did two songs on the album. He did My Prerogative, and I forget the second one that he did. Every Little Step? No, no, it wasn't Every Little Step. I can't remember which one I'll it was. I'll be good
1: to you because that sounds very...
0: Maybe that New might Jack be Swing. the one, but... This entire album was produced by L.A. and Babyface.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Which is something that they typically weren't doing at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now I remember when we were watching the verses. Yeah. And Babyface was pulling out all of, all the, of the Bobby songs. Brown like, Yeah, he was like, oh, you want me to play some New Jackson I got some. <laughs> yeah, I got that too. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Bobby was just saying when he first linked up with him, he's like, not really into what they were doing yeah. because he looked at him like, I can't even stand the way they dress. (laughs) like, y'all need to stop wearing these suits and sunglasses everywhere you go. (laughs) But he was like, yeah, they started working together and he could see that they weren't what they projected. Mm -hmm. So he was actually surprised that they were able to give him the sound that he was looking for. And the album was done before he even put my prerogative on it. He said he just went back to New York after it was recording, walking down the street Coming towards him carrying his keyboard under his arm is Teddy Riley <laughs>
1: <Hey>. <laughs> So
0: he's like Teddy what are you up to <laughs> Nothing what are you up to So he said they went back to his apartment In Harlem and started Knocking out some tracks mm-hmm. And he said he starts playing this drum track And Teddy had nothing on it But that Bobby came up with that Oh, He said that had been stuck in his head for months Mm -hmm. And every time he would get near a keyboard He would just play that over and over again So he played a cassette of that for Teddy Teddy heard it was like let's go And there's my prerogative
1: I made this money You didn't Right Ted? (laughs) Right (laughs) I was looking As I do Whenever we do uh, An episode On uh, a musical artist I was looking At the Billboard charts And for this album On the Hot 100 charts uh, My prerogative Is the only song That actually went To number one Yeah But of course He got a bunch of Other number one hits On like R&B charts Mm -hmm. And and whatnot But there's a reason Why this song Went number one (laughs) Yeah It's pretty catchy It is Although, I don't know. Is this a hot take? I actually prefer Every Little Step.
0: I'll allow it. Explain.
1: I don't really have any reason in particular. Uh, I actually ranked the songs when I was listening to this album. And I feel like my answer should be my prerogative because that's just like the song that you know. Yeah. Right? Um, But something about when I hear Every Little Step, I just want to jump up and start dancing around. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I like that with my prerogative too, but I just... Like it better. I don't know if maybe did Brittany ruin it for me?
0: <laughs> maybe <laughs> I don't know.
1: Um, I think when you think about Bobby and this album, it's kind of, it's kind of like when we were talking about Tevin Campbell, and I was saying how it usually boils down to "Can we talk?" or "I'm ready." Okay. And I think for Bobby and this album, is every little step or my prerogative are the songs that people tend to um, pull up, and yeah, no reason in particular. I just when I compare the two, I just like it better. I don't think it's a hot take. It's. Another mild Christina take. Another mild, <laughs> lukewarm take. But there are some other good jams as well. I like Rockwicha And the line that always makes me laugh in Roni is he's like, she makes the toughest homeboy fall deep in love. <laughs> that just dates the song so much. I mean, the fact that who says Tenderoni in anymore? Were people even saying Tenderoni back then? Was that like a thing? It was. Okay. I was like ten, so I don't know. I, I wasn't was it, much older. Was, than you. Oh yeah, that's true. I wasn't around <laughs> anybody who would be calling anybody a tenderoni. It was, but, but that just makes me chuckle every time when he's like, "She makes the toughest homeboy fall deep in love." <laughs>
0: okay, well, if that makes you chuckle, imagine that song being sung by Babyface.
1: Oh yeah, that would be even funnier.
0: Because, <laughs> because that out, that song was for Babyface's album
1: No. Yes. That is so not. I can't. Babyface should never sing about homeboys.
0: It was on his album. Oh man, it was on his album. Bobby heard it. Was like, I need that. Babyface <laughs> like, no, this is mine.
1: No, no, no.
0: And they that was le- a
1: good decision to give it to Bobby and,
0: F- and F- LA and Babyface. Let him sing it, and they were like, you know what, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is yours.
1: Mr. Whip Appeal can't be singing about Tough as Homeboys. Because
0: his vocals are (laughs) still on the song. Like the background is all Babyface. Babyface and Karen White.
1: Huh. I'm going to have to listen to that again and listen for Babyface. (laughs)
0: Look through a Kenneth Edmonds view. (laughs) Yep. As you listen to that song.
1: Yeah. But I love Every Little Step. That's my favorite song off of this album.
0: There's a rumor that. It's not even Bobby singing it. It's allegedly Ralph Tresne. No, I don't believe it. Of course not. It's it's their former manager who Bobby fired. uh And he didn't make this claim until like 2014. He says that it was Bobby was too high and too drunk to come to the studio. So Mm -hmm. they had to bring Ralph in. Lies. And he pretended to be Bobby. And
1: why would Ralph want to do that? Exactly. Like Ralph was trying to like get his own solo deal and <laughs> stuff at the time. Why would he help Bobby?
0: It was the character that Michael Rappaport played in the movie. So <laughs> okay. yeah, if that tells you anything.
1: Yeah. So he's a sleaze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is one of those albums where the first half is really good. And then the second half is meh.
0: Yeah. It, it didn't really hold up because Bobby isn't really a strong singer. Hmm. So those songs would have worked better with somebody with a better voice or stronger voice, I should say. But the up-tempo stuff, that's his lane. Like if we're going to get on stage and go hard and jump around and dance, all that's where he is. That's where he shines.
1: He definitely shines there.
0: Both his album and the New Edition album were released on the same day.
1: Can you imagine if we had social media back then?
0: <laughs> it would have been ridiculous <laughs> if Twitter was <laughs> Did they do that on purpose? Around. I'm sure it was done on purpose. They were releasing the same day, and it seemed like the singles were staggered. Like, Don't Be Cruel came out, and then If It Isn't Love came out, right. and then it just went on like that for the next year. They were going on tour with i Shore, Be Bobby Brown, Guy, and New Edition. They were headlining. Bobby was supposed to open. I don't know if you remember the podcast that we listened to, Juan Epstein with Questlove and Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. And Chris Rock was actually gonna go on before Bobby. And he said, after a while, mm-hmm. Al B Shore gets his hands on the Don't Be Cruel album before it actually comes out. So oh. him and Al are on the tour bus <laughs> listening to it. And mm-hmm. he said, You could just see as they get from song to song. Al B Shore is like, I'm done.
1: My days are numbered.
0: <laughs> like Chris Rock <laughs> said he watched Al B. Shore's career end on that tour bus while they listened to the album before it came out. And in the book There's a section where Babyface is telling a story about how at the beginning of the tour Bobby's opening about halfway through it they decide to go check out one of the shows Bobby opens does his set and Babyface said they're standing off to the side of the stage and the people that could see that side see Bobby and they're going nuts. (laughs) <laughs> while Al B Shore is performing. So he's gotta listen to these people chanting for Bobby while he's on stage singing hit records.
1: What was the hit song for Al B Shore at the time? Night and Day?
0: Night and Day, day um... uh On Your Own Girl, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. He's okay. performing all of the hits and they're calling for Bobby. <laughs> and Babyface said he was like, Yeah, this guy's out of here now. So by the end of the tour, Bobby's no longer opening. He's closing the show. It was the Heartbreak Tour that became the Don't Be Cruel (laughs) Tour. (laughs) Wow. They shifted the sets and Bobby is now closing the tour that he was opening a month before. And that's the power of Bobby Brown in 1988. I will go out on a limb and say between 1988 and 1991, probably the only person bigger in music was probably Michael Jackson. Mm. maybe madonna
1: because if i had to uh compare the new edition album versus the um don't be cruel album can you stand the rain is a classic Mm -hmm. um if it is in love is as well but overall if i had to choose which was the better album it was bobby
0: and that's the thing the new edition album was doing well right (laughs) they were doing that was probably the Best run they ever had, mm-hmm. and they're still being overshadowed by Bobby. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That was ridiculous. Bobby's so big, he's doing songs on the Ghostbuster sound. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like he's singing songs about the Ghostbusters
1: <laughs> and taking
0: that to the top of the chart. That's ridiculous. But hey.
1: Eighty
0: eight. 1988 was his year. <laughs> 88, 89, 90. He toured for three years off of that album. Wow. All right, moving on. Let's talk about him and his wife or then girlfriend.
1: Ms. Whitney Houston.
0: Whitney Houston.
1: I think at the time, people thought this was a weird pairing because Whitney was like this pop princess mm-hmm. and he was like bad boy. Yeah. Or whatever. She was more like adult contemporary. So her music was also made her very, you know, white famous, shall we say. And although Bobby was huge and people knew who he was, you know, he had a much more, quote, urban audience. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if people thought she was, you know, dating down or whatever. Pretty Um, much.
0: And at the time, Bobby was just as big as Whitney, if not bigger.
1: Exactly. But in different circles.
0: Yeah. He just seemed to be the troublemaker in the thug. Right. Even though he wasn't. And then... The only thing we knew about these people were videos, award shows, and what we read in magazines.
1: That was how they wanted to portray her. You know, she's with Clive Davis. Right. And she was elegant. And Mm -hmm. she was older, too, and sophisticated. And Bobby's running around in a mesh top and leather (laughs) pants humping the ground and stuff. He's obviously the bad boy. (laughs) Yeah. Little did we know.
0: Yeah. Behind the scenes, it was the opposite, where she was the bad girl. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. What have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just the, the image that they pushed out there Mm -hmm. uh, because like I said, even when he was young, he was rambunctious, but he never got into any trouble. Uh, The first time he was arrested was when he was performing on that new edition heartbreak tour and they were in Georgia and they had some sort of anti gyrating rule or something (laughs) that had just been passed early in the year. Mm -hmm. Bobby gets on stage dancing my prerogative and he's dry (laughs) humping the ground. They snatched him off stage and arrested him. What's funny is he went to jail hosted Bond, came back and finished the show. (laughs) (laughs) So he wasn't even there long. So that That was was his quick process. Yeah, that was his only run in with the law before he met Whitney Houston. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how he became branded as this bad boy.
1: I guess it was just his image versus hers. Yeah. I mean, he was, well, like you were saying, gyrating (laughs) all over the place. And we always saw her in Gowns singing adult contemporary (laughs) R&B.
0: Meanwhile, he's ripping his shirt off on stage and sliding all over the place.
1: (laughs) Do you think that his song on the Bobby album, Humping Around, was for Whitney since she was allegedly quite jealous as well?
0: According to his book that I keep referencing, Mm -hmm. Every Little Step, uh, yes. (laughs) It wasn't directly going at her, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like, hey, I'm not doing what you think I am. (laughs) Because he said that she was out there actually cheating as well. So,
1: um, Well, we also know of her relationship with her friend. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, there was stuff going on between them that we didn't know about.
0: Right. But he said that there was a run-in that she had with Tupac.
1: Okay, she, so Tupac is out here.
0: Tupac was one. Uh, when he started dating her Actually she was dating Eddie Murphy okay. He claims he was dating Janet Jackson She denies it <laughs> <laughs> Because she was allegedly With Renee at the time Okay, But he says that he was with Janet And Eddie Murphy and Whitney were together mm-hmm. And he went to Eddie Murphy's house For something they were just hanging out And he's asking so What's up with you and Whitney Are, is it serious or whatever And you're like no nah, it is what it is So, So that's when he Made his move at Whitney when he didn't exactly get the okay from Eddie Murphy, but mm-hmm. Eddie didn't say that they were mutual. Right. So that's when he took his shot and she kept bumping him in the head at the award show.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember that story uh, of how they met. We read about it somewhere. Yeah. She was sitting behind him and she kept bumping his head.
0: Yeah. While she was talking to somebody else and he's like, You keep hitting me in the head. And she's like, I know. And then went back to whoever she was (laughs) talking to. And that was his moment. He's like, I think I like her.
1: Mm -hmm. I was
0: annoyed a second ago, but now I like it. And that began the whirlwind Bobby Whitney romance.
1: Yeah, I guess it's hard to remember exactly what I thought about it then, just because we know so much more about them now. Um, I was actually watching the video for Something in Common, which is also from the Bobby album. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny because... Just looking at all the comments in the video um, now, everyone's like, oh, you could totally tell they're in love, even though they had their problems. I want to be in love with someone like this. <laughs> and it was just all these positive comments about right. how much they in love they were and how, you know, people wish they worked out and stuff. It's just such a different reaction than how people felt about their relationship back yeah. then. I don't know. Time, maybe time also changes how we view people and things as well. Right. The thing that I found funny, uh, I never really understood this expression, which they also say in something in common. A bird in the hand beats two in a bush. What does that mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Basically, if you have, you're out trying to catch a bird, right? You already have one. Okay. But you see two more in the tree over there. Why would you risk trying to get those two when you already have this
1: one? Oh, so basically be Happy with what you have, right? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) because I'm like a bird in my hand beats two in a bush. What does that mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, because if you're going to try and get those two over there, you have to put this one down. Okay, (laughs) so if you put this bird down, you go get those two, you come back, this bird is gone now.
1: Yeah, (laughs) all right, I get it now. Something in common, it's not like the best song I've ever heard, but I think it was really cute. Yeah, I think I always think if I was actually into karaoke, this would be a song I'd want to sing with you, too. I'm not, so... <laughs>
0: we can pull up a karaoke version on YouTube, just, I'm sure. Just me and you. <laughs> we're the only two here. and We're not going anywhere anytime soon.
1: I also think what was great about this album was I loved the videos because, as we were saying, like Bobby is a great performer. Yeah. And you kind of forget that now, now that he's, you know, older and stuff and <laughs> all of his antics later on in life that you forget what an amazing performer he was. Yeah. And so there's so many, um, dance centric videos on this album. Like this is literally the videos I used to watch as a teenager where, you know, you watch videos, you try to learn and copy the dance moves. It was always Bobby. Like yeah. I wanted to learn all these moves and stuff. And, um, this was also the era where we knew. Dancers too right. Like Big Les Is in the Humping Around video Like we knew Big Les so much For dancing That I didn't even Have to see her face Like I recognized <laughs> right. Her silhouette And there was The fly girl The one with the Box braids She was in the video too You would just see These dancers And you knew Who they were Maybe you didn't Know their names But yeah. like um It was just Dance was just So big at the time That like you would Even recognize The background dancers And also The Humping Around video Is another one That is um, Like quintessential early 90s videos and them dancing in a dirty warehouse which is what everyone wanted to do back then for some reason With water dripping yeah from
0: a broken pipe <laughs>
1: bike shorts and knee pads <laughs>
0: <laughs> right uh what's funny about you saying that he's always dancing and mm-hmm. there's a lot of dancing in the bobby album videos mm-hmm. he mentioned that on this album whitney was teaching him how to sing and if you listen to it like Again, he's still not the best singer in the world, but vocally, he's a lot stronger on this album than he is on the Don't Be Cruel album. And he said, in turn, for Whitney teaching him to sing, he taught her how to dance, or he tried to teach her how to dance.
1: (laughs) She did a little bit in I'm Your Baby Tonight. She busted a couple kicks. (laughs) But
0: I need to go back and watch the Something in Common video because he says there's a step that he taught her. And he was so happy when she was able to get it. Some little move that she did.
1: Oh, I watched the video, uh, I think, yesterday. I'm pretty sure I know what it is. It's just like this little, like, shoulder step thing (laughs) that they do together. So I'm thinking it's probably that. (laughs) It
0: might be. He said he was just so happy that she was able to get it.
1: Well, I learned a lot of my dance moves From Bobby. (laughs) I still, when I watch the video, there's like, there's a little bit of muscle memory still where I remember (laughs) bits and pieces of the choreography still. Oh, man. So, podcast can't be complete without a little story time. So, you know, I started discovering music on my own in the early 90s and so not only was i discovering music but i was also discovering dancing Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i would watch the videos and just try to copy everything and then i think i was this was definitely older i think i was like maybe 18 19 and i decided you know i want to actually take dance lessons because in my mind i thought that somehow i could still be a fly girl or something (laughs) and um so i grew up in uh not a small town but very like white suburbia so at the time especially like quote Hip hop dance classes were hard to find. And so I found one and I was like, okay, let me learn how to like actually do this instead of rewinding videos. And I quit after (laughs) maybe three lessons. I couldn't take it. The instructor had to teach us, and by us, I mean them, how to (laughs) nod your head to the beat. And I almost died. I was like, how is this not a natural reaction? You hear a beat, (laughs) you just kind of nod to it. And she was like, you got to push your head back.
0: Not everybody can get that two and four. <laughs>
1: but I was so shocked. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know. And these these girls that were in the class were dancers already. Like, they'd taken ballet, jazz, tap, or whatever, right? And I almost died just watching people learn how to nod their head to the beat and being told (laughs) to and i never even thought of it that way i was like oh you do push your head to the back because you just don't really think about it she's like no you don't nod up and down you gotta push it to the back very and uh you know that hip-hop dance video with like middle-aged women that kind of yeah with the blue outfit the blue outfit yes
0: we will link to this video (laughs) in the show notes so you see what we're talking about
1: so i'm just like oh my god what is this right but i was really like i was like i need to stick to this because i want to get to the performance at the end right like i want to be able to perform and then uh in another lesson she taught us how to shake our butts (laughs) and (laughs) one girl put her hand on her butt cheek and she was like oh my god it moves and i was like i what 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 world am i in they were like, oh, my God, you're so good. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I can't do this. <laughs> she gave the the dance instructor gave some, quote, fun fact about boys to men. And like, I'm like, why are we dancing to boys to men in a hip hop dance class <laughs> to begin with? And I can't remember what the fun fact was, but it was wrong. Uh, and I was just like, I quit. I went, got my money back, drove away, put whatever I was listening to high. <laughs> and I was like, I'm better off just like watching music videos at this rate
0: instead of trying to be taught to dance to water runs drive <laughs> exactly. yeah. i
1: think i think it was at least motown philly but like why am i dancing to motown philly in a hip-hop dance class in like i don't know 1998 or something, <laughs> right? like no because she
0: learned that choreography in 92 and she wasn't letting it go <laughs>
1: I was like, no, I can't do this. If I don't leave now, I'm going to say something extremely disrespectful. (laughs) So I just let them discover that booties can move and that when you nod to the beat, you got to push your head back.
0: I don't know if you remember this, when he actually did get released from one of his trips to jail. Uh, on the Chris Rock show, they had the Free Bobby Brown campaign. <laughs>
1: yes, I remember this.
0: <laughs> and he says that he's on the inside and he can hear this crowd of people outside chanting Free Bobby Brown <laughs> and singing a really bad version of Don't Be <laughs> Cruel. And he's like, what is going on here? And he comes out of jail and Chris Rock and a news crew is there <laughs> to, to greet it. Uh, that's one of my favorite episodes ever of the Chris Rock show. Yeah. Just to hear that guy strumming his guitar. Don't be cruel. Because I would never be that cruel to you.
1: Speaking of singing Bobby Brown badly, you know that guy on Queen Street, the fabric sale? Yes. Queen Street, Toronto, for anybody? I'm sure if you live in Toronto and you've been downtown uh, pre-pandemic, you probably know who I'm talking about. On the
0: corner of Queen and Spadina.
1: And he just, fabric sale, fabric. Didn't you (laughs) catch him? Seeing like every little step or something. I sure
0: did. <laughs> I was standing at the light waiting for the, the light to change and I could just hear some mumbling from behind <laughs> me and somebody singing Bobby Brown. I'm like, who is that? And i turn around and look and it's the fabric sale guy. <laughs> That's the only thing I've ever heard him say other than Fabric Sale. What was he
1: singing? Was it Every Little Step? It was
0: Every Little Step.
1: See, I told you that was a banger.
0: (laughs) There was no music around playing anywhere. It's not like a car was driving by playing it. He was just standing on the corner in between Fabric Sale (laughs) singing Every Little Step. And that made my day.
1: Oh, man. I wish you were able to record that for me. Me too. I would love to see it because I've only ever heard him say Fabric Sale. (laughs)
0: but he was just under his breath he wasn't singing it for people to hear him he was singing it for his own personal enjoyment and i loved every second of
1: it you should have like gave him a little dap or something i was <laughs> no no no. you want to leave him in his moment yeah it Let was that moment
0: and i was too in shock at what was actually <laughs> happening i was like is he
1: yes yeah. he is i wonder what he's up to now
0: I don't know. I hope he's not still out there, even though there's people <laughs> who in, with these stay-at-home orders still ah. out there with yelling fabric sale. All right, so let's move on to the next section, him reuniting with his brothers in New Edition. Uh, so in 1996, uh, New Edition decides to get back together, mm-hmm. and they brought Bobby back into the fold.
1: So now we have six
0: So now we have six Uh, Even though he was kicked out of the group (laughs) He was always around Because he would be on BBD songs and Ralph Tresvent songs And I don't think he had done any with Johnny at that point But it's like he wasn't ever kicked out of the group Because he (laughs) was always there
1: If he hasn't done anything with Johnny, it makes sense because Johnny joined the group after, so he doesn't really know him. Yeah. Not like the way he knows the other guys.
0: He's done songs with him since. Okay. But at this point, I don't think he had done any songs with Johnny other than the BBD remix. But they decide to get back together, do an album, get back out on the road. We're going to be six strong this time, and let's make up for lost time and then Bobby was Bob.
1: Wrong. <laughs> you thought.
0: You thought.
1: The album itself was actually pretty good. Um, You know how a lot of times when you have these reunion albums or you have groups that, you know, they've been around for a long time. They try to make like a newer album and it just doesn't work. But this album was pretty good.
0: I didn't like it as much as I like the older stuff only because too much time had passed i guess mm-hmm. there was a couple songs that i liked, but i wasn't really a huge fan of it
1: mm-hmm. but
0: i really wanted to see them in concert just because they were back together
1: you can like hit me off i did
0: i actually like that one
1: i like hit me off and still in love yeah still in love yeah i was trying to remember the song title here it's not like the best album but i think it was a pretty solid effort Again, because how long have they been broken up at this point?
0: Uh, It was like eight, nine years, something like that. Yeah,
1: and then they had all these solo projects in between. So um, I think it was a good effort. I still listen to it.
0: I just wanted to see them live. Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted. (laughs) A couple dates into the tour, they're already fighting. Like, they're fighting on stage. They're fighting backstage. Somebody pulled a gun. (laughs) And it was just a mess, so... Needless to say, I did not get to see New Edition perform on that tour. So they break up again after the album. And Bobby hadn't done a solo album since the Bobby album in 1991. So that's when he decided, hey, it's time for me to get back out here. I've been a stay at home dad for six (laughs) years. Let me get back and do this forever album. Did not like it.
1: I remember the album cover, mm-hmm. but I don't remember any of the songs because I had planned to listen to it before we recorded and I just didn't get around to it. But I don't recognize even any of the song titles.
0: I did not like that album at all. It was not for me. Uh, sadly, it was just a mediocre album. Yeah. The production on it, there was no real notable names, and that's probably the biggest reason. Like, there's no Teddy Riley, there's no L.A. and Babyface, there's no real hit makers on this album. So basically, Bobby left up to his own devices, right? and it it just didn't come out well. And I probably listened to it two or three times. I gave it a listen a couple days ago, and it still didn't work for me. I, I was disappointed as a Bobby Brown fan uh-huh. just to to listen to it uh-huh. because it's one of those things where you're like, oh man, this is the fall off point, and it ended up being that way in right. terms of his solo career. But he had a great run up to that, <laughs> like before he took the the hiatus after the Bobby album. Mm-hmm. Those are some heights that most people will never see
1: yeah and he can still tour off of those. yeah
0: he's been touring yeah, off of that stuff for 30 been. years now
1: oh man remember when we saw him perform on the today show in the, uh, the morning show
0: yeah it was a today show when they do the summer concert right. series i had to watch that right before <laughs> you came downstairs and we started recording this just so i could have it in my head <laughs> and it's funny this was in 2011 i think it was
1: oh i thought it was it was that long ago
0: yeah it was quite a while ago and he was performing Mm -hmm. in their summer concert series because he had an album come out that year okay which i haven't heard Uh, i think it's called the masterpiece it came out after whitney had passed Mm. and he wanted to i guess get some things off his chest and he performed a new song and then he ran through some of the old hits (laughs) <laughs> he just,
1: tried to hit those dance moves and forgot that those knees aren't the same anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> and when he hurt himself it wasn't even like he was jumping around or anything <laughs> he was moving really slow because he's a dad now
1: Yep, <laughs>
0: this is not 20 year old bobby jumping not off the speakers <laughs> this is i'm a dad and i've been <laughs> sitting at home for a few years and i don't dance like i used to so <laughs> he's just doing his little two-step and he's It just stopped moving. Yes, in the middle of the stage. But being the seasoned performer that he is, he didn't miss a word in that song. He went right back to the the microphone and finished the song. You could see that he was still in a little bit of pain.
1: He's a professional. He
0: is a pro, and he he finished the song out. Just dancing to every little step, and was like, "Oh, that hurt," but he, he made it through. He finished that set, but that's the Bobby Brown that we have now. Right. Uh, he's not going to be jumping around and diving off stage and ripping his shirt off.
1: <laughs> nope. And if he tries to hump the ground, he won't be able to get up.
0: <laughs> There's a, a video I watched earlier of their 25th anniversary or something, and it was at the BET Awards and they're performing. It's the five of them.
1: Oh, I watched that too.
0: And then Bobby comes out mm-hmm. to do my prerogative. <laughs> and he changed the words
1: Oh I didn't catch that
0: Yeah because uh, in my prerogative He says getting girls is how I live For this performance he's like Getting girls is how I used to live <laughs> So whenever they perform My prerogative now he throws that In there it's like I'm not the old Bobby no more. <laughs> That guy's gone
1: Well all of them were moving a little slower Yeah in that performance
0: Yeah but I liked it
1: I liked it I mean It's good to see them all come together. Yeah. As you know, I did get to technically see New Edition perform, I think this was maybe like 2005. This was where I realized what a strong singer Ricky Bell actually is because Ralph was out sick. They didn't even mention Bobby at all. (laughs) I guess they just knew at that point he wasn't coming. right? And so poor Ricky had to sing his parts, Ralph's parts, and Bobby's parts. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, Johnny Gill was there, so he. But he had his own parts, right? So Ricky basically had to carry the band. <laughs> oh man! So technically, I saw New Edition, but it was more like DeVoe with Johnny, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, wait a minute, Ricky can actually sing all of these parts, yeah. On the the last album they did together, that what was it, Home, Home Alone, call, Home Alone? Um, he has that one song where he sings um, lead on the entire song right after we uh watched the biopic and i was looking at old videos i was like wait a minute ricky is not only singing lead on the entire song he's the only one in the video
0: because yep. uh i don't know if you remember it in the movie they mentioned it there too that bobby had done something it might have been the incident where the gun got pulled mm. because his crew and ronnie's crew were beefing gun gets pulled all sorts of hell breaks <laughs> loose yeah. And Mike is probably like, I'm tired of this shit. And yeah. he takes off. And mm-hmm. that leaves poor Ricky to shoot this video by all himself. by himself.
1: Uh, It was One More Day. That's the song. Yeah. Even though, I mean, he's the only one that sings in Belle, Belle DeVoe. I didn't realize until I saw him having to sing all their parts. <laughs> <laughs> what a strong um performer that Ricky was. Yeah.
0: So. Um, the past couple years. Uh, like I said, they've been touring. So there's always a Tom Joyner cruise. Or- <laughs> yep. Essence Fest, some place where some
1: kind of washed fest, yeah, some sort of
0: old people festival for yep. folks like us, yep, to go and see these guys perform. So they've been doing that for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Whenever BBD goes out on the road, mm-hmm. Johnny, Ralph, and Bobby have formed this group called the Heads of State. So they've been going off performing. <laughs> as a trio as well, doing all of their solo songs. When the uh, movie came out, they were supposed to tour with that as well. But again, they're arguing over who knows what. So Bobby ends up going on the road with BBD as Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. (laughs) So they're still together, but they have their moments of, well, I'm not really messing with you right now. So they splinter off in their smaller little group. So maybe... Maybe we'll get the chance to see him as a full six.
1: I'm not holding my breath for that to happen.
0: Hey, even if it takes another five years, <laughs> when we can go back outside, hopefully again, we can
1: go back outside in five years.
0: Someone will get the bright idea to say, "Hey, let's put together one last run with New Edition." It doesn't have to be a full tour; they can do spot dates across the country, <laughs> across North America, and we can go see them somewhere.
1: I would like to see them. I don't care how slow they dance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not expecting the '88, '92 versions of these guys, no, not but at all. I would like to see all six of them together. Yeah, I.
0: Definitely need to see that
1: before I expire
0: (laughs) (laughs) or they expire. (laughs) I need to see it. Also, what I wanted to mention was in these closing statements about Bobby Brown. If you look at him now, like on Instagram, Twitter, uh, you see him on TV Mm -hmm. talking about his family. He's just a dad now <laughs> like he's been through a lot of shit to get to where he is now and now he's just a, a regular old 50 plus man <laughs> with grandkids now. yeah he's got little kids of his own and he's just a, a dad who used to be a singer and now he's selling like
1: <laughs> barbecue sauce barbecue sauce <laughs> and
0: all these cooking products uh-huh. which brings me to another Bobby story so now I have a story time okay. as well. So you look on his Instagram, he's selling all these cooking products, Mm -hmm. Bobby Brown's seasonings and things like that. When he was a kid, he decided he was going to cook dinner for the family. He's seen his mom do it. She's not home yet. His dad's still at work. I'm going to do something good. I'm cooking some chicken for the family. He goes into the chick or into the freezer, takes out some chicken, grabs some flour out of the freezer. I'll get to that in a second. Why is flour in the freezer? Who knows? So he's, he batters the chicken, throws it into the pan, fries it up, and he's eating the chicken when it comes out. And his mom comes home. is like, oh, Bobby made dinner. This is great. He said he's eating the chicken, but he's feeling weird.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> so I he takes another bite. Going. And he's feeling even weirder. like, this chicken tastes good, but there's something off about it. Mm-hmm. So his mom starts sniffing around the house like, oh, shit. Bobby just cooked this cocaine chicken. Ooh. That's what I was thinking. He said that's how he found out that his mom was selling coke.
1: Yikes.
0: (laughs) Because he found a brick of what he thought was flour in the freezer and made this cocaine chicken. Wow. And he said that was his introduction to finding out that his mom was doing more than just selling plates around the projects for extra money.
1: Or what How much cocaine Did he use Cause I'm thinking She's gonna come up short Yeah
0: He said it was A healthy brick And what did he Call this Uh Where's my notes here And I can't even find it. Oh he said He had a radical New addition To his family's Culinary <laughs>
1: offerings okay. Cocaine chicken
0: So With that in mind Go out and buy yourself Some Bobby Brown spices
1: <laughs> And seasonings Sam's And cocaine And
0: barbecue sauce <laughs> Minus the cocaine For your culinary delights Oh
1: man We need to get some I'll try some Me too I'll he had some, some stuff that looked good. That last video I saw him and the, I don't know if they were his kids or his grandkids, but they were just, nom, 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 just <laughs> yeah. I think on those that fried chicken. if
0: they were little, those are his kids. Okay. Oh man, that's all I have. Do you have any closing statements or thoughts on Mr. Brown?
1: Nothing um, that I haven't already said. I think that just just that period where people were so focused on him and Whitney and all of their drama and stuff that we kind of forgot that both of them actually are more than that. I don't know this man, but I'm happy that he gets to just be a dad now. Yeah. (laughs) As Rick James says, cocaine is a hell of a drug. It is. And that he made it through. Unfortunately, not everybody did. Yeah. But I love watching his old videos and stuff just to remember like how much energy and, <laughs> and
0: he joy
1: and stuff that he had and how much it brought to me just at that age too where i was coming into my own and so uh it definitely makes me very nostalgic for his music as well because i too was kind of like finding myself
0: so, I guess we're going to close the episode here. As we always say, remember to subscribe, uh, leave a review yes. on whichever service you use to get these podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter at Troy Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check us out at troypodcast.com. And that's basically it. We'll see you around next time.
1: Yep. See you in two weeks.
0: Two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye
1: bye. Bye.